That's pretty good. Bit of everything in there. Yeah. Like four four different genres. It reminds me of uh, Crash Bandicoot in the level set in the future. (laughs) The sort of uh, futurist vibe to it. Hello, listeners. That was a uh, a listener-submitted remix of our theme tune uh, sent to us by Tomo Fallows. So thanks for that, Tomo. Pretty good. Nice, nice. Yeah. Very nice work. And uh, if you listening, if you want to send anything in like that, then uh, yeah, do do so. We 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 love getting messages from people and what have you. So uh, try not to be mental. <laughs> uh, so if you want to send anything to us, our address that you can send it to is dimreturnspodcast at gmail dot com. And of course, you can find us on our Facebook and Twitter and all that as well. Message us there, whatever's easiest for you. Can I can I give a shout out as well to a listener yeah. while we're doing it? Top of the uh, <laughs> top of the episode announcements. This is very professional. This isn't like this at all. <laughs> um, yeah. So while we while we're giving shout outs, uh, I want to mention Tom Patton, who has been uh, taking our audio and turning them into video files so we can upload them to YouTube, which mm. just takes uh, one job off our hands. Really, really, really helpful. Um, and I have been uploading them. Yeah. I noticed that some of those have been going up, and I assume that was your doing. Uh, yeah, I've been putting them up. I threw up a, a batch, and I've been kind of trying to do it whenever I've got time, but then obviously I've been really busy the last month or so, so I kind of stopped again. But they, I've got them all. I've got all the files. They will be going up. Oh. Yeah, the channel is just called Diminishing Returns. If you're searching for it, try Diminishing Returns podcasts. usually a bit easier. There are people listening on there, though. There have been comments coming in from people who've obviously just listened to it for the first time. So, All right, so... Today, oh, we should introduce who I am. I am, <laughs> I am Alan Turing. I am a um, what's what's the phrase? Hang on. Uh, I am a sexual tyrannosaurus. Um, and over the over there, who is it? That's one ugly motherfucker, Saul Harris. Uh... <laughs> uh, yes, um, if you haven't guessed, we've done, we're doing Predator this week. Um, that is Predator, Predator Two, and Predators. The mm. uh, the more recent one because there's a new film coming out, isn't there? The Predator. The Predator. A very modern title convention. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we'll we'll come back to that later, I think. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the new film later after we've talked about the old films. Um, we we should probably give a quick mention uh, if you are listening to this, but you've somehow missed our Alien season that we did last year. You might want to go and listen to that, because we did an episode covering the Alien vs. Predator films, yes. um, which we'll not be covering in this episode today. We've already done them. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Two two of the worst films we've ever done <laughs> in, the, in the show. <laughs> they were quite good, those episodes as well, from what I remember. Bad films, good chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> okay, so let's start with uh, 1987's Predator. Going way back. Way back, 30-odd years. And, of course, this is one of your classic 80s Arnie films. I was thinking, as I was watching this, have we covered an Arnie film yet? Well, we've done a Batman one that he was in. Yeah, it doesn't count, that doesn't count. Um, a proper, we haven't done proper the, Arnie We haven't film. done the Terminator, which would be quite a good episode, I think. Oh, I mean, um, there's a new Terminator in the works. I think we've oh, okay. been sort of holding off until next year, that'll be, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this and this is one of the films that created like what Arnie was in the eighties, and um, I, I think it is really crucial that this is an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. I think mm. it's what really helps to sell it. Like just as a general feeling, I think this film 
and it is something that Arnold Schwarzenegger is capable of, that I don't think many people are, of bringing a real sincerity to a ridiculous concept. Yeah, yeah, that's and fair. And selling it. And I think it really it matters that it's him. It's like the accent, the the like unrealistic physique, you know, like it's just a sense of hyper-reality and, and surreality, like not quite normal to it all. Mm. And it just helps you just buy into it. Yeah. Like stuff like Total Recall, like... Predator is a good example because it is like basically at one point near the end he lights up a torch he's covered in mud and he howls into this into the jungle and and like it echoes off of whatever mm. Like, there's not many people who could do that, and like, you're completely on board going, Yeah, he's a badass, he's gonna get that predator. Like, there's, it's such a ridiculous notion, some well, of it. I do think a lot of it comes down to direction as well. Mm-hmm. We should probably mention the first predator was directed by John McTiernan, mm-hmm. who, um, he's a surprisingly relatively unknown director to say he is the man who directed Die Hard, The Hunt for Red October. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Last Action Hero, The Thomas Crown Affair. Well, he had that period, like 80s, yeah. early 90s. Well, he went, and... Yeah, he went to prison for a bit. I think that kind of yeah. put his career on hold. Um, I don't know why. I, I assume tax or something, tax evasion, something like that. Um, from what I recall, there was a whole load of things about this private investigator was tapping his wife's phone and stuff like that, and then it was all like perjury because they'd said they weren't doing it. And like it was, it was just weird stuff like that. Right. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, fair enough, they're going to get punished, but it's not like one of those things where, oh, he'll never work again. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, touching yeah. kids and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I don't know, really. It's, but by that point, he'd already kind of gone off the radar a little bit. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't really know the details, to be honest. Well, I, I mean, I watched the Thomas Crown Affair for the first time uh, last week, I think, as it happens, and it wasn't great. <laughs> so... I mean, Last Action Hero was a famous flop. Personally, I think it's actually a good film, legitimately. Well, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a solid film. I don't know what he did to really corrupt his career, but obviously it happened eventually. Mm. But um, <laughs> the reason I bring him up there is that I I think he directs the first Predator with such a knowing sense of how ridiculous it all is. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a there's an almost quite, yeah, satirical streak running through the film and it, it really does tread a fine line because you you wouldn't yeah necessarily pick up on it i think part of why the film was successful was that you can watch it and just think it's completely sincere but i think it is taking the piss at times and i i actually i listened to the audio commentary for this as part of my preparation oh, really that's who who's on the commentary uh uh john mctiernan just him on his own yeah and okay. he basically confirmed what I thought, which is that a lot of this film was just him taking the piss. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it knows exactly what it is, and that goes a long way towards selling it. But it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's about as good an example of this sort of thing as you could hope for. And um, and like I say, that the 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 thing that springs to mind as an example of the film knowing what it's doing and just taking the piss. There's that sequence where uh, one of the characters sees the predator in its invisibility camouflage and just start shooting wildly into the mm-hmm. jungle and then all the other characters run over and without saying anything they all just start firing randomly into the jungle and it's about three minutes of just 
pure gunfire, <laughs> just yeah. endlessly. And um, watching that, it's hilarious. It's impossible to take it seriously. But then listen <laughs> to the commentary. Yeah, it's meant to be funny. It, it, I can't remember the exact story, but it's something along the lines of uh, the studio kept pressing uh, John McTiernan to put more gunfire into the film and put more shootouts in. And he was getting really pissed off with them. So he was like, <laughs> fine, here's your fucking gunfire. And he, he also um, he seems to be very uncomfortable with the idea of glamorizing guns in his yeah, films. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, that's but, interesting. Um, but his, his way of dealing with that seems to be that he's kind of constantly subverting it on some level and trying to make them seem a bit ridiculous. And to be fair, I think he does kind of pull that off in this film. It, it does... <laughs> present you with this, you know, masculine action hero, but at the same time it's uh, an almost parody of such things because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And and, that, and that's that's kind of what I was saying like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a parody of a of a <laughs> super, superman really, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's almost a ridiculous. And and in the 80s in America that was what they wanted and and like you got Rambo and Rocky and all that sort of thing and and Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger was just a natural uh, lead on from that. Here, we, we, there's no messing about here. There's, we get straight into it. You know, you get a little bit of setup with Carl Weathers' character, Dylan, and then you're on the helicopter and you meet the crew. You meet the mm. team, and like it's just like right. You've got 20 seconds for each person. Just sum them up. Bunch of slap jawed faggots around here. Done. <laughs> it's yeah. like they're so, <laughs> and it, but it works really nicely. It's very tightly written in that yeah. sense. I mean, I also like that it's almost like um, From Dusk Till Dawn that we covered quite recently, and that mm-hmm. it obviously, it's, you know, you go into the film, you're going to know it's about this alien, and there's a spaceship at the very, very, very start. But it's kind of just a, a film about these guys going into the jungle yeah. and doing a straightforward action war type. Movie, yeah, it's a long time before we, we get to the Predator. I think it's half an hour before we have any real indication of the Predator, and it's even further into the film before they actually encounter it properly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it, it's an interesting Yeah, because it's just, yeah, they, they're going in there and they're, they're, they find the helicopter and they attack the, well, whatever they are in the end, they're not who they think they are, but they sort of attack this base and kill everybody. Um, so yeah, like that's all very Rambo and just sort of jungle warfare stuff, isn't it? The the, mm. the alien is completely irrelevant to it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean it's basically a slasher film I realized watching it again. Yeah. It, 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 I never really thought of it like that, but the first two really are just kind of slasher movies. And a couple of the deaths are quite sort of anticlimactic. They're just suddenly someone suddenly gets shot in yeah. the back out of nowhere. There's not the on all these characters that we set up don't get like heroic deaths. A couple yeah. of them do. Blaine, played by Jesse Ventura, who's one of the most memorable characters because he's just Jesse Ventura and it's complete madness. And he's like holding a a gun that's usually mounted on a helicopter and stuff like that. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. I ain't got time to bleed. Uh, (laughs) um, And uh, then he just gets shot. It's like, boom, oh, you're dead. There's a (laughs) a surprisingly eclectic fun, notable cast throughout these films. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you've got those two that we've already mentioned in this one. You've also got Carl, you got yourself a soup-going Weathers. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's still plenty of meat on that bone. You take this home, throw it in a pot, add some broth, a potato, 
Baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> when I see Carl Weathers, I just think of Happy Gilmore. Because he's like the oh, mentor God, in yeah. that as well. He's like, yeah. oh, cut that shit out, concentrate on golf. <laughs> so that's all I could think of. Uh, he's, got a lot, he's got a pretty solid career for, for oh, yeah. someone, someone you forget about. To say easily. he's Carl Weathers, yeah, he's doing you know? pretty well. And himself. we will be seeing him again in, uh, in a couple of months when we do the Rocky films. Oh, yeah. So, that was probably what he's most famous for, mm. if anything. And also, bizarrely, but very much of note, we've got Shane Black in this film. Yeah. Now, you may know more about this if you've listened to the commentary, but my my little fact about this, which may or may not be true, is that he was brought on as an actor because they wanted a writer on set is to, exactly to, to do it. some uh, tidying up or, or just more character work, I guess. If it's I, Shane Black. Yeah, I, I think I think really, more than anything, they just wanted someone to come up with the, the kind of shitty, crass gags to add some humour into it. Um, I think pretty much everything that comes out of his mouth was... A Shane Black bit of dialogue. Yeah. The other day, I was going down to my girlfriend. I said to her, Jace, you got a big pussy. Jace, you got a big pussy. She said, why did you say that twice? And I said, I didn't. See, it's because of the echo. <laughs> but I, I expect they did have him on hand to kind of look over the uh, scripts and so on as well. Because they are out in the jungle. It's not like they're on a set with some well, leaves. It's like, it's, it, that's I proper mean, this, jungle out there. Mm, I mean, they filmed this in Mexico. Did you know that? No, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> much to much to uh, John McTiernan's displeasure, that what, one of the producers convinced him it was worth filming it in Mexico uh, because of some, I assume, tax break. It was some sort of financial yeah. reason for it. And the, the producer convinced him it'd be easy to... Uh, dress up with a few fake vines and make it look very authentic. <laughs> Throughout the commentary, it's it's just nothing but him sort of lamenting. <laughs> oh, it looks so fake. I can't believe I, I oh, really? let him talk me into filming it in Mexico. This is ridiculous. But watching my, it again the other night... To my uneducated eye, I've got yeah. no idea. So well, see, it watching it me. again the other night, it looked fine to me. <laughs> I guess it wasn't quite as dense a jungle as you might think of when you think of the jungle, but... I mean, I've never been to a jungle. I guess that's probably why. Yeah, yeah, it's not my area of expertise. Uh. Um, then you've got a guy whose character trait is shaving. <laughs> <laughs> Played by Bill Duke. <laughs> who's like the quiet, scary eyes guy. It's always one. So then, you know, people slowly get killed off. They sort of figure out what they're dealing with. They figure out um, that it's not human. And if it bleeds, we can kill it. Uh, and then they're trying to get back to the Chapa so they can escape. Um, even though they never, well, not many of them make it. So it gets to a point where you're going through the big finish, and then it becomes like Arnie versus the Predator, Mano a Mano Mano a alien uh, alien. No. <laughs> alien. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's Arnie versus the Predator. He he kind of figures out that it's seeing his body heat, so he covers himself in mud and. Sets all these traps and stuff. And it is a cool... Like, it goes on quite a long time, and there's no talking, but it is very cool. Mm. Because you kind of you see what he's doing. Like, you understand, yeah. oh, yeah, this trap and this thing's going to jump up, and it's, like, full of spikes. Spikes. And then... Um, and so it's, it's good. It's just really well-structured. It's well-paced. Like, because that ending section could be very long when it's just him on his own, and, and when yeah. we come to the sequel, we'll see how it doesn't work very well, but... 
And um, the special effects are really impressive for 1987, I think. Yeah, it feels like they're working to their strengths. And, and yeah. like you have... The Predator, for the most part, is cloaked, so he's invisible. But it's obviously like mm. a refraction thing, so you sort of see this little weird movement and yeah that, that, i don't know how they how they do that or whatever that's, the, no i I, I couldn't figure out watching these films again how they did that invisibility effect in the first two films because it it's a really cool effect it's um mm. and it, it sells it's it really done well, really well. It, it, it you know it, it doesn't look perfect but that kind of adds to the idea that it's a real tangible bit of technology that doesn't quite mm. hide the the, yeah, and they, the they, you, they're getting a sense that it's in. And more importantly, when you do see the Predator, yeah. c- completely pays off. It's like, oh, that's oh, yeah. a cool looking alien. It Again, really the effects are amazing on it. For Yeah. yeah. Because it, it, it looks cool when it's got the helmet on and it takes it off and it's like, fucking hell, that is a cool, that is a cool creature effect. Yeah. Because it's so. Because he's humanoid, but that removes him somewhat. Yeah. yeah. The Predator is played by Kevin Peter Hall, who's sort of famous tall man um who's you know played tall people in in films or creatures played a lot of creatures played harry and harry and the hendersons yeah you you know there were um they they weren't entirely sure how they were gonna Mm. make the predator look for a while i think famously they attempted to dress up a monkey at some point a chimp Uh, i think not a monkey but (laughs) yeah i think it oh yeah chimp would make more sense i mean a monkey would be about a foot high, it wouldn't be very scary. Well, no, I think that I don't know. I, I, I think they dressed up a monkey or a chimp, whatever it was, in a red costume to to try and get the shots of it swinging from yeah, like, just tree for the visual, tree. just for the movement. But the monkey kept, or the chimp, whichever one it was, kept taking the suit off because <laughs> it was too, which does suggest it was a chimp, yeah. uh, too smart to be used <laughs> like that. They had Jean-Claude Van Damme in at one point doing it, I think. Really? Yeah, um, but he kept taking the suit off and <laughs> eating it. Uh, <laughs> but no, but that... Throwing his what, shit at people. <laughs> from what I recall, they had him in, because he, I guess he's just a very physical, agile guy. They had him in doing it, but then like lined up next to Schwarzenegger and, all, and Jesse Ventura, he was just too small. And so they had to find someone like, we need someone who's seven foot three. Should we call? Should we leave it at that? I don't think we're just sort of saying it's good now. Yeah, I think I think so. What would you give it out of ten? Um, I gave it an eight, a very very oh. solid eight. I have to say, I think if it had any kind of real depth or emotional meaning to any of it, it could be higher. But you know, yeah, yeah. it's just it is kind of just silly entertainment in the end of the day. So eight. Yeah, um, same as you, eight out of ten. Very good. Yeah. Now I think we might diverge a bit moving forward. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, moving forward three years, I believe it was, to Predator 2. Apparently they couldn't get Arnie back. I don't know if they even tried. I mean, to me, it seems very much like they just did the straight-up slasher thing of, of, you know, new characters dealing with the same monster. Mm. It's quite an obvious way to go for the sequel. But I, I don't uh, know. Um... Quick, a quick, a quick read suggests that they just didn't have the money to offer him. He, he didn't want to do it for what yeah. they were offering. Um, so yeah, this this kind of feels like a, a gang warfare cop film that they've gone. Oh, we got this script. Can we put a predator in it? Yeah, um, it kind of feels fair. like that. And I don't think that's a problem necessarily. I think that's all right. Mm. But I mean, it does give it a bit of a two part bit because it's 
it's all this cop stuff and then it just turns into a predator thing at the end at, <laughs> you know in the end but yeah. and it kind of loses focus a little bit for me yeah well this this is this is quite a famously bad sequel it's generally held up as the low point of the franchise it's pretty much everyone i've ever spoken to about it hates it i think it's mm. all right i think it's all right as well oh but basically when i was watching this i was ready to think it was crap but yeah i i i think more than it's all right i think this is a really incredibly underrated film basically i liked the first kind of two thirds um and it was i was surprisingly engaged like i wasn't expecting to get drawn into it but yeah. it was really good i think the characters they set up are really great because apart from just danny glover just yeah. as a standard Danny Glover character, you've got like Bill Paxton and, and... Uh, um, yeah, Maria Conchita Alonso and uh, Gary Busey yeah. turns up. <laughs> uh, and, and pre-mental these... Gary Busey, <laughs> although we do was see ever a, a flash of things to come near the end. <laughs> but yeah, quite a, and and these cop characters they they're quite well defined, and and you get a sense of the relationships. One of them dies, and then so it becomes personal, mm. all this sort of thing. You get you get an idea of this gang warfare that's going on, which is very well, it's very eighties actually, even though this was nineteen ninety, um, and it's very like yeah, guns like everyone on the subway has a gun, um, you know, it, it, there's something quite unreal about this setting, yeah, and it is it's like RoboCop, it's kind of this projection of you <laughs> know what it's going to be in fifteen years if we don't sort out crime and stuff like that. I mean, one of one of the big complaints I've heard many times from people who hate this film is they go, oh, it's just Predator in the city. It's just Predator, but we'll do it in the city. And it's like, yeah, of course it is. What's the problem with that? Say, that's, that's good, isn't <laughs> that's it? Like, that's like, that's, yeah. That's it's great. taking that Predator and putting it in a completely different environment. Like, I've seen Predator in the jungle. I want to see Predator in the city. I'm all about Predator in the city. That's why I like it. It's a, it's a brand new environment that brings a whole very different... Um, context with it you know it, it makes things very different i think this one plays even more like a slasher film watching it again actually i, I have to say one of, but maybe this is part of why this film doesn't really do it for people i think the first film seems to want you to think or or indeed the franchise seems to want you to think that the predators are uh, like a noble species of hunters almost Mm. Who who have this honourable code and blah 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 blah. I think Predator, it, certainly in the second film, it just plays like a fucking sociopath. It's like if a <laughs> a fucking axe murderer got his hands on a spaceship and went to a planet of you know lesser speed beings and just ran around you know picking <laughs> them off one by one for a laugh. It goes beyond hunting. He's fucking tearing people's heads out of their bodies with the spinal cord still attached. He's that's, like, that's your trophy, isn't it? I know, but it's it's I don't know the way it's played here just feels a lot more serial killery than <laughs> huntery, and I don't know if that's because it's a city urban environment rather than the jungle. But that doesn't that doesn't stop me enjoying the film. Like I say, I, I quite like the idea that the predators are just like. Fucking nut jobs who this one's don't rogue. don't represent the species exactly. They're just you know <laughs> just a, some of the bad eggs that have gone off for a trip to another planet. I I also I really like in the second film how many people are involved. It, it seems like the obvious thing to do would have been to similar to the Conjuring that we were talking about last week. Actually, it seems like the obvious thing to do would be this one character sees it for what it is and no one believes him and no one else has any idea what's going on. But no, you, you've got like 
trains full of people encountering this thing. You've got loads of people witnessing it, and yeah, they all get killed, but, you know, Gary yeah. Busey, his cop character at the end, they're, like, actively... They've been studying the thing. They're trying to deal with it in an official capacity. So yeah. I do like that element to it, that it's not like Danny Glover's operating in a in a vacuum. Yeah. Danny Glover, though. Whereas I say the first film really gets sell, sold on Arnie. Yeah. This one, like, I'm of right with Danny Glover, but yeah. he's not bringing anything special to a role, is he? Yeah, I was let down on the rewatch, honestly. I, I remembered him being better than he was and I thought purely because it's Danny Glover. I think when I first watched this film I didn't know who Danny Glover was. Yeah. Um the trouble it's like when I see you know when Ice Cube did that triple X film, it's just yeah. like you're not an action star, mate. Come on. <laughs> like that's well, not, and that's what I feel like Danny Glover. It's like he's not an action star and it feels like they're playing to that. Like he's yeah. just a cop. Like in Lethal Weapon it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um and he's just he's just a sort of flat foot cop too old for this shit. That's, gets drawn into something bigger. That has almost become a franchise trope, though, at this point with the Predator films. Uh, Arnie is a weird exception to the rule, but it seems like they purposely go for people who aren't action stars to then be the big action hero. It's yeah, weird. is it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll come on to that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with, with Danny Glover, it just feels like... Because it's, it's set up at that beginning that beginning scene where we see the gang warfare in the streets and he kind of comes in and saves the day. and uh, Like, he's supposed to be a super cop. Yeah. Um, just doesn't quite play. He's just not cool enough mm. or... So yeah, I mean, it's it really is much of the same in a lot of regards. You know, it kind of is just it becomes this one last man standing, Danny Glover trying to. That's fight the kind. Predator. That's basically where it lost me. It, it got to this, it got to this point where they 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 trap it in the meat packing district, and uh, and they're going to freeze it or whatever. And Gary Busey's there, and it's this big final confrontation. Gary Busey gets killed, and then we have a lot more. There's like twenty minutes after that where it just becomes. Danny Glover versus the Predator, like mm. through the city, and it just lost me. I was just phased out. It was a bit too boring and slow. Uh, I quite like it. <laughs> yeah, I think I was just sort of phased out of it, so I wasn't really, mm. you know, it didn't enthrall me enough. Yeah, and it was just, it just felt like I was a bit too long. We felt like we'd already had this big final deal. It does feel like a bit of an epilogue, the way it's sort of structured. Yeah, and I'll and my that, problem yeah. with it is, it's like I've invested in all these characters, these police characters, and then. There's this gang warfare storyline, and then I just that kind of just all gets and it's gone, um, which is obviously the plot, but it just felt like the first half, first two thirds of the film, I was I was on, and then kind of just yeah. got a bit bored at the end. And then he he at the very end stumbles upon the uh, predator spaceship, kind of has a one on one battle with the predator, and basically beats it in in hand to hand combat. I mean that's basically how it goes down. Yeah, and I, I really love this. I I think this. I think a lot of people get annoyed with the end, and because a load of other predators show up and they play it like, oh, he's gonna get it now, and then they kind of have a moment of um, mutual respect. They kind of acknowledge mm-hmm. that he's beaten this being fair and square, and he he deserves to live because he himself is a, a noble warrior and. They basically let him go, and I, I think that's great. It, it's a great bit of character development mm. for the species of the Predator. It, it, yeah, it feels completely in, mm. in line with what they're doing. And it's a really movie. satisfying... It, it's far more satisfying, I think, than if he just killed the thing, or if the thing just killed him. 
But yeah, there's a T-Rex skull there, which... Well, I think the idea is they've been around for years. Yeah, isn't yeah. That's, that's, uh, well, well apparently 65, years. well, yeah, 100 million years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that and the gun that they give him as a trophy at the end is from, like, frontier times. Very conveniently has the year... <laughs> Like, <laughs> written on the gun. Yeah, it says seventeen fifteen, which is interesting. I thought that was like an obvious setup for a prequel. Mm. Um, oh man, which, would be, which is gonna, which is my idea for the scene. Man, my that idea would for be pitch, so man. fantastic. Wild West Predator. Oh my god. Exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> that, I, mean, I can't believe I've only. Yeah. Wow. And I kind of, I wasn't sure when they did that if it was just like, hey, look, they come around all the time, or if it was like a, a legit sort of prequel setup. Or at least sowing the seeds of something mm. they could do. Okay, so do you want to rate that one? I give it a seven. Uh, yeah, I gave it a six, basically. And I think that sort of represents the fact that it lost me at the end. It yeah. kind of lost a point on me. I was well into it at the beginning, yeah, the first half. Yeah, I, I, I really so I will... A solid six. Predator 2 is one of these... I think everyone's got a few films that they find themselves defending a lot <laughs> that everyone seems to hate them and Predator 2 is one of those films for me that I just find myself defending a lot. I'm very surprised you like it actually because most people <laughs> don't seem to like it. But um... That was it. We had the Alien vs. Predator films um, that were crap but apparently reignited enough interest to get a, a new Predator film off, off the ground. I mean, I don't know much about the background of this one, do you? Um, I mean, Robert Rodriguez produced it was it his baby, or was it his dream thing, or that one of them happened? I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I, I think he was basically... I mean, I know he was a big part of getting it off the ground. I don't know if that's because he loves Predator mm-hmm. or what, but um, I think he was quite heavily involved, and you can tell based on the cast, um, <laughs> if, if nothing else. It's quite a departure from... The previous two, you know, it's uh, there's a formula to the Predator films established very firmly with those first two, and to a lesser extent, the Alien versus Predator films continued that. And this was very much like, oh, we're going to reignite the franchise, get it off the ground again, get people interested in it again, and then they kind of opted to make something quite weird with it. I I like it though. I like the concept. Yeah. No, um... I. I... I mean, cards on the table. I I really fucking love Predators. I really loved it when I went to see it in the cinema. I was only 20 back then, so, uh, you know, enough time had passed that I kind of thought, ah, it's probably not that great. Uh, watched it again last night. Drew me right in. Love it. I think it's great. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll tell you how much I love it. Go I think it's my favourite of the three. <laughs> Ooh. Blimey. It's... I think it's great. The premise for me is such my kind of thing. It's like Cube and films like that. All these characters wake up on this island, not this on this planet. Sorry, falling from the sky. No idea how they got there. No idea what they're doing. My problem with that is that the suspense is somewhat lost when they're trying to find out, yeah, why they're there and what's brought them there. When we know, we know as the audience know, it's in the title, mm. and that kind of just loses a bit of the mystery for me. Yeah. So. I think that's a slight downside to that. Yeah, I mean, I I must admit, if it was possible for this film to be released under, like, a different name, and you go into the cinema not knowing it's a Predator film, and then it's, like, a reveal, I would have loved that as well. (laughs) That would have been fantastic, (laughs) but that's just not how um, films tend to to get made, unless you're M. Night Shyamalan and you, you know. (laughs) Well, I think I liked bits of this film. I liked elements of it. 
And it was just sort of let me down a bit on some of the character stuff was weak. Yeah. Um, and and then there was all these little details that were just sort of a, a annoyed me. And it's one of those things where if you're picking up on these details, you know you're not really bought buying into it. Yeah. Just like little things like those planets in the atmosphere they see in the skies, like they're awfully close. Like these would be smashing together gravitational forces. And, you know, I tried, I really, really tried, but I could not get into Adrian Brody as the badass. (laughs) I just couldn't do, I really tried to give him as much time as possible. It's just, he he, he couldn't sell it. He couldn't sell it. No, I think he does. I think he gets away with it. I think he does. I think he pulls it off. No, I don't. It just I couldn't. I couldn't go with it. Like he looks ripped and all that. Yeah. But he just doesn't have a darkness to him. He doesn't have a mean streak. Oh, to I, don't, him, I mean, which is what he needs. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think he, as, as the hero of the film, as the lead, I think he does. Well, it's not just that he's an action hero. He has to be a, like he's an anti-hero. He's a predator. Yeah, isn't he? he's a bad know. guy. It doesn't quite. I mean that's that's the double meaning of the title, isn't it? That's the point. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I I really like the cast in this film. I, I think it's the best cast of the three. Uh, you've got Walton Goggins, who I've become quite a big fan of recently. He, he's a character that I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. This is it. There's quite a few. All these characters just seem quite weak. They're all very stereotyped. Like, yeah, there's a Japanese just... guy, and then he finds a samurai sword. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one in so far as like he's the only acknowledgement that like if these predators were just picking these people from all around Earth that they might not all speak English. It's like <laughs> it's just a bit convenient that. But um, Walton Goggins, yeah, he's he's like you say he's just too much of a stereotype. I just can't quite get behind it. It's too on the nose. Like I, at times, I'm all for it. The fact that he's like shiving the predators, I think, is hilarious. <laughs> but but then there's other stuff when it's like, oh god, come on. I, I kind of like that they they're not they don't try and clean him up too much, which they yeah sort of thing. Like he says faggot a lot and stuff like that. Which he says, die you space faggot at the end when he attacks the predator. <laughs> die you space faggot. <laughs> Exactly, and even in 2010, like that was a bit. I think. Oh yeah, but it's like, like, fine for his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got um, uh, Mahershal Ali as well, mm. who is uh, an Oscar winner now. Adrian Brody, Oscar winner as well. Two Oscar winners in this film. Yeah. So you know, it's good casting, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, and then Big Larry turns yeah, up partway through, sort of a twist. Now this is a trope I love in films. The I think we mentioned it in the Jumanji episode, did we? the 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 idea of someone who's sort of got trapped in the place being explored and has learned to yeah. live with it and just become yeah. part of it for years and can be something of a guide. It was a Jurassic Park episode, in fact. It was Jurassic Park 3, because that has this trope in it with a little kid mm-hmm. who's been surviving there. Lawrence Fishburne's <laughs> character is Go gone a bit gone a bit stir-crazy. Yeah. Now I like Lawrence Fishburne. Don't get me wrong, yeah. <laughs> but Oscar nominee uh, Lawrence Fishburne. I just yeah. it wasn't. I didn't again. Just didn't quite buy it as the character. You need someone with. You need a, a character who's a bit more unhinged. Yeah, right? like swap him and Walton Goggins round. Mm. Might work a bit better. Yeah, I mean, put Nicolas Cage in it. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, I mean, I still like it when Lawrence Fishburne turns up. I think he's a he's a likable presence in this film mm. you know but you're right it just like, feels like a diversion that doesn't really go anywhere it just feels like okay we need to add another 20 minutes into the film here 
Yeah, which is fine. Like it's a plot point, great, but yeah, it just didn't. And this was it. Like I, I was enjoying the film. It just not, none of it quite justified itself enough. The characters weren't quite strong enough. The the story. You know who I was, was thinking fine, desperately needed to be in this cast and would have made it five times better. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, I mean that would be brilliant as well. But no, that's not <laughs> who I was thinking of. But I think he would genuinely fit in this cast really well. Go on. John C. Riley, my man. <laughs> Your man, John C. Riley. Don't you think? Well, as, as see him as the Lawrence Fishburne character. Yeah, it would probably work really. But well. then he did that basically in uh, Kong Skull Island. So yeah, although that was after this. So. John C. Riley is the unhinged guy who's been living on Predator Island. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Okay, let's talk about the Doctor character. Yeah, because as as they sort of work out, they're all kind of bad guys to some extent. They're all like killers, yeah, hunters, murderers. They never of. quite make as much of it as I think they probably did in an earlier draft, but it, yeah, it's kind of like, it, it feels like it's meant to be this twist, like, why have we all been chosen? We are all that we must all have something in common, and it's... But then they oh, never really all, question it, they're, they're too busy of their trying own. to kill things. But yeah, and then that doesn't quite make sense, like, because a guy who's like, shiving people on death row is not yeah. the same as a, as a trained, like, militia. Yeah, and it guy. also means that the predators have been, like, passing ethical judgment calls over humanity <laughs> watching people like some kind of guardian angel type thing like it's very odd like the the ideas that come forth of it and but i i like the i i think if they discussed it more and like, okay well what's this guy doing here and someone had just gone well he's medical isn't he like obviously if we get hurt we need someone to patch yeah. us up they've put him like any army unit is gonna have someone medically trained mm. So that makes sense, and then just leave it at that. Like, but then even like, the fact that it's just he decides in all this chaos that he can't, re- he just can't resist the urge to kill. Or oh, I don't know about that. Do I think that's him. fine. It's just ridiculous. No, because it's like even if even a psychopathic murderer is like no, because at that point knows what they're, they're trapped in the ground, and there's a real sense of all is lost, and these two are going to be left behind. And I think that's just him going. Oh, might as well have one more kill if I'm going to die in a minute. If predator's about <laughs> well, to get it. me, yeah, it's just it just seems ridiculous to me. That. that doesn't bother me at all. I thought it was perfectly believable. It felt like a just oh, we need to put a twist in here or something. Yeah. So I was ultimately a little bit disappointed with it, although I was enjoying parts of it, and I think it's very well made. Mm. Uh, like the whole thing just comes together very nicely. And, yeah. And then yeah. They, they get attacked by these like spiky pig things. Yeah. Well, they're, they're um, the. That was all right, but again, it just felt like okay, let's let's put an action beat in here, boom, and it is justified within the plot. Like, don't get me wrong, but it just felt like an excuse to do something. I think it's a really nice bit of world building that you know the predators use these dog type aliens as part of their hunting. I I like that. Yeah, it just I don't know. It just never quite came together for me Mm. somehow. Mm. Well, I gave this a five. What Um, lower than the second one? Yeah, because there was, there was stuff I liked, but it was just, it like I say, it just didn't quite come together. There was too many weaknesses, not enough effort put into it. Well, I give it an 8, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a better 8 than the first one. <laughs> this is my favourite one of the three. I think it's fantastic. I think this is a really great film. Just good, Thanks. solid, for, for the sort of, for what you want from a Predator film, it's great. 
So, I watched the trailer for the new film. Yeah. There's nothing about it that makes it jump out and go, oh, this looks interesting and Shane well, Blackie. Like, I want, yeah, I I want some say more that comedy is, in it, basically. There is something that makes it jump out and interesting, and that's the fact that Shane Black is uh, written and directed this one. That's the only reason I'm interested in it. Exactly. And there's nothing in the trailer that really yeah. makes you go, oh, I can see where he's doing this. Yeah, the trailer seems like a fairly standard generic, action film. And doesn't yeah. instill much hope. So, when it comes to sequel ideas, I mean, we've already got a concept that we like, which is Predator Through Time. Yeah, I really like that. I'd be happy with pretty much anything. You know, you could do Medieval Predator, Ancient Egypt Predator. French Revolution Predator. French Revolution Predator. uh, (laughs) Stone Age Predator with some cavemen. (laughs) Dinosaurs. See see them getting the T-Rex skull. I think you'd struggle to top Wild West Predator, as hinted at in the second film. Yeah. And then obviously you could tie it back directly to the second film with that gun as well. But the Wild West is obviously just such a great cinematic setting. You've got your gunslingers, so you you, you've you've already you know the the character who's going to go toe to toe with a predator there kind of writes itself. How would you handle that? You know, would it be like new sheriff coming in? Everyone in the town's terrified of this horse. The sheep keep going missing. Yeah, this guy's been terrorizing (laughs) the town at night. And you could do what this is a completely different idea, but you could do it in like 1949, and it's like tied into proper old school sci-fi and UFO sightings. Yeah, and all that sort of thing. Well, the predator was the alien captured in Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, gets free on the base, and and, uh, someone has to like contain him. In Area Fifty One, yeah, exactly. These things write themselves, man. This is <laughs> this is this is why it's a shame. There's only been five of these, counting the shitty crossovers. Well, let's let's concentrate on the Western idea. Let's let's just put a few details. All right. In. Well, um, we definitely have to have a predator riding a horse, but it could be like an alien <laughs> oh, horse, <yeah. laughs> like those alien dogs. Yeah. They they do sort of like take on. They learn from their prey, don't they? So they 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 yeah. learn and adapt. Yeah. I think the sheriff should be played by Martin Freeman. <laughs> In, you know, keeping up the tradition of people who really should not be cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. That makes a lot of sense. I think he'd be up for that. Um, can we get John C. Riley in this one? Is like the, the town drunk. The drunk, yeah. <laughs> I do think he'd really fit into this sort of, like, the Predator world. There's just certain yeah. actors that make sense in these films. I don't really know why. Uh, we need a woman. Let's get a woman in there. Outspoken, strong-willed woman in the wild world. No, she'll be the, she'll be the madam of the brothel. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah, run, yeah. who runs the town. Oh, man, it's a shame Handy <laughs> Newton's already doing that on Westworld, because that's why I'd... Yeah, she'd be good. Oh, yeah. Well, Angelina Jolie. Ooh! <laughs> Yeah, that could work. I could see that. <laughs> I don't think she'd take that role, though. I, I think <laughs> no. I don't think she'd go for a, no, a supporting role think. in a B movie. Can we get Tom Cruise in it? Yeah, he seems like, now he's he's transitioning to weird character. Yeah, comedy like parts. supporting roles and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd do it. But who would he be? He would be one of the real um, money bags. Yeah, he'd be the guy who comes in the, on I, the stagecoach five. Oil and he'd be doing fields. that. Yeah, he'd be doing that uh, southern accent, yeah. <laughs> like plantation owner accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'd like to see that. I think that'd be really good. <laughs> well, uh, what what would how would they kill the predator at the end? 
uh, with, their, with their primitive technology. Well, this is something. Do, do the Predators have the same level of technology that we've seen in these films, or are they on like old school Predator technology? So they've got lasers, but they're a bit shitter. Yeah. They just sort of heat you up. Well, have they got lasers? Or maybe maybe the Predators are operating with like old school bullets. They haven't developed. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it doesn't quite work. If they have a spaceship, they've probably got a laser weapon, but. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do feel like some the predator technology shouldn't be quite as good. Maybe they deliberately like disarm themselves because it's not enough of a challenge. Maybe, yeah. You know, it'd be a good fit for the predator franchise. Michael Shannon. Ooh, yeah, as a bad guy. Yeah, I only really buy Michael Shannon. As or a maybe bad guy. as someone who's set up as a bit of a villain, but it turns out he's actually a good guy. Like, he's the undertaker of the town, so everyone thinks he's a bit <laughs> shifty, but then at the end he's actually, like, a good guy who helps save the day. No, he's going to be, like, the head of the gang who comes around pillaging and stuff and stealing stuff, like, <laughs> cowboy gang. But then he, they all they end up having to work together. I know that's going to be. Go on. Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> what? <laughs> 82 years old. Yeah. Because these no. films, the casting's always a bit weird and doesn't quite work in these films. No, he'd be, like, he'd be, like, the guy... the. The power behind the power. He wouldn't be the one like on the horse running into town, guns blazing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Predator on the Titanic. <laughs> He's the reason it sank. <laughs> yeah, but there was a government cover up to blame it on an iceberg. <laughs> I would love that. <sighs> okay, that's going to be my new go-to pitch. X on the Titanic. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. And if you would like to hear our opinions and Calvin's opinions on the Alien vs. Predator films, then go and listen to episode 49, which is available on all your normal podcast streams, but also at our website, dimreturns.com. And do come back next week for something completely different as we tackle a cult classic musical. Alright, it's time for me to bust a rhyme, so sit back and chill for a while. I'm coming at ya like Tomb Style, so get ready for a funny bone overload. Uh-huh.